Welcome to the Ozone. Welcome to the Ozone. Welcome to the Ozone. Welcome to the Ozone. The voice of massive magic fans. Welcome back to another episode of the Ozone Podcast, the voice of magic fans. Episode 8. We have a full pack studio today. How do we how do we do this? It's the first time that we have five people in one podcast. Five do, people. Do we do a roll call? Should we do a roll call? I think sure. that sounds good. Right. Starting lineup. Who's right, the substitute so, teacher calling the names today? Oh, facts, facts. <laughs> All right. When I say your name, raise your hand. No, they can't see the. Okay. When I say your name, just say what up. No, when you, when you say their name, say here. That's what I used to have to do in, in school. Yeah, Man, sure damn it. That's here. a good idea. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's go through it. Who we got in the studio today? We're going to start off with Elise. Hey. Al. What's up? Justin. Yo, yo. Marky Mark. Here. What's going on, guys? <laughs> <laughs> All right, What's so up, man? really exciting. We got a bunch of people in the studio today. It just just kind of worked out that way. Justin almost was a no show. Drove yeah. all the way down from Jacksonville just to make sure he made it on time. Speaking well, you know, of. work trip. I was there for a week, but uh, feeling good. And at least we we've been missing the female voice. I'm sorry, I just been a little busy. I couldn't get off work. People have been asking for you. Well, they haven't hit me up in my DM, so I have no clue about this. Oh, maybe they just don't know where to DM. Oh, man. Where, where can they find you? Where can they find hold you? Hold on, hold on, because I recently just changed my you name. Don't you sure you want to do it? So I, I did just do this. I just, I just changed it um, slightly. So it's 365 NBA culture. 365 NBA culture for there at least. I want to talk a little bit more about NBA. Let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> Don't forget the at sign in front of 365 NBA culture. Did I get that right? Yeah, you got that one. Oh, nice. Side. All right. All right. So we got a lot to talk about today, but let's get into the nitty gritty. Let's jump right into the numbers. So after this past week, um, we our current record is 11 and 13. Currently seed in the East is in eighth. So eighth place in the East. Offensive rating. Or offense points per game, 102.3, which puts us at 29th in the league. Three-point percentage, 32.9%, puts us at 28th. Offensive rating, 103.7, that also puts us at 28th. Talking about our defense points allowed, 102.7, which has us at second in the league. Blocks, 6.8. Second, defensive rating, 104.5, which also puts us in eighth in the league. We had three games um, from since the last time we had our podcast. So the very first one was a win against Cleveland, 93-87. If you guys remember, this is a game that Terrence Ross um, went off from the bench with 21 points, and then Fournier also leading the way with 18. How'd you guys like that game? That was a fun game. It was a solid win. Um, the Cavs have a really exciting backcourt, young yeah, backcourt. I agree. They're going to be very exciting to watch. Um it was really nice to see T. Ross have a good game. He needs it. Shooters need to see the ball go through the hoop. Hopefully he sees it more and more. Yeah. Um, I agree. I think there was a – coming into this season, I think a lot of people thought the Cavs were guaranteed easy win. Um, but as the season progresses, I think the Cavaliers are proven to be a little tougher than than people probably gave them credit for initially. Um, but it's beautiful to see Orlando win – you know the games that they're supposed to win. I think that was one of the one of the points that we spoke about heavily before the season or when the season started is the difference between good teams and bad teams. Good teams win the games they're supposed to win. Every time you see the Cavaliers on your schedule, 
you know, no offense to the Cavs fans, <laughs> but you should look at that and say this is a and win. Count that as a win for sure. And we're this season, I think what we're three three and zero against the Cavs already. Mm-hmm. So doing great. Say it one more time, four uh, times a year. Say it one yep. more time. Yeah, and, and the Cavs, that, to me, that was a must win because that was the that was a game that we were one game under 500 and that put us right mm-hmm. at the 500 mark. Right. And then it kind of put us into where we start playing against the, the heavier teams. And it also was what where we made 4-0. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. 4-0. Four-game sure. win streak. It's good, especially for a team that struggled offensively beginning of the year, getting those win streaks. You know, when you look at the Bucks and they're like 15-0 and 0, – it doesn't seem like much, um, but when you're struggling to win games, seeing four consecutive wins motivates those guys, makes them want to play harder and continue the streak. Uh, it definitely was a satisfying win on my part. Um, I say two years ago, I don't think we would have won that game. Um, yeah. So I say our maturity showed. It was one of those games where offensively things weren't going our way, and we still found a way to uh, pull out the win. And big shout-out to Ross for coming in with 21 points with that one because – Besides him and maybe Fournier, nobody else stood on the offensive end. Fultz was struggled for that game. I think he only yeah, had eight yeah. points. Eight points. He was, I didn't game. see too much aggression with him, but one, those games where he things aren't. He had his hands full with those guards. Yeah, those are <laughs> nitty-gritty guys. I'm a big fan of Colin Sexton, and Garland's turning the corner a little bit. Yep. You know, He's finally showing his strengths. What I don't like about the game is the fact that it's it's a Cleveland team. Again, Justin, you had said it, that it's the team that we're supposed to be, especially supposed on paper. Supposed to be a great run. Right? But we didn't hit the 100 mark. And I feel like offensively, we, we struggled so much that against the Cleveland Cavaliers, we only scored 93 points. I, I agree with you on, on that sense, but I I feel like I'll take the in win. this league, yeah, a win is a win. They have, a, they have more than a handful of players who are on the championship team up there in mm-hmm. Cleveland with LeBron. Those guys know how to play. They're still professional athletes at the end of the day. They're going to give it their all. Um, I actually think they have someone on their team that we should probably trade for. Who's that? Kevin Love. I think he would be the perfect asset. We don't need another guard to to clog it up for Markel. Markel's going to grow and blossom. He's Mm going to be one of the best guards in the leagues. Why do we need to throw in another guard? Why not have another floor spacing four instead of AG? I mean, but do you think that Kevin Love and Vucevic together – Yes. Would be a, a good match. Kevin Love has always played the four. I feel like that would slow us down. Kevin I Love, agree with you in the part when we're talking about defense. I feel like that would definitely kill us on defense. Oh, Kevin Love is one of the mo- biggest talkers on the defensive end. He never gets totally washed on defense. He yeah. holds his own. He's a solid defensive player. He was actually, I believe he was also like an all-team defensive player because he snags rebounds. He hits threes. He spaces the floor out. And that's actually... What has been hurting us is that our defensive players, our big men on the defensive end, cannot cover those threes. And I think I think uh, Kevin Love's been away from the game long enough to where people forgot what Kevin Love's value really is. Um, and you also have to account for the fact that he is a championship-winning forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's played with arguably the second, first or second greatest player to ever play the game. Uh, you have to believe that there's things that he learned during that time with LeBron. That would be invaluable moving forward. Um, so I'm, I'm down for that. And Elise is actually uh, working on an article about why Kevin Love fits in Orlando for the Zone BB. I mean, well. people, I mean. Oh, he, you're pushing for it. He's a he's a bigger <laughs> J.J. Reddick. So all the J.J. Reddick fans I hear saying, let's go get J.J. No, J.J. Reddick is a six foot three, barely six foot four can barely play defense in today's day and age. We want to play defense again in three, four years. Get him, Elise. When the players are going to get more and more athletic. Like, I'm good on JJ. JJ can stay with the Pelicans. Yeah. You just don't like JJ. No. 
He never signed. He never autographed my thing when I went to a couple yeah. things. Oh, I knew that. <laughs> like I am. Oh, at the end of personal, day, right? At the I end of the day, like at the end of the day, I'm gonna take it personal. I'm gonna keep it for life. But you don't. You don't think if if we manage to get JJ back, it increases your chances of getting something signed? No. <laughs> you no, want to give it a second try? No. No. no? I'm good. He's oh, lost man. that chance. He's just, he's you know, what is that, what is that at quote? He's just hurt now. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool, Fool me, me twice, twice. You ain't going to shame me again? No, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. All right. So the next game, I, I feel like the Bucks are like the ex-girlfriend of our front office. Right? <laughs> they are. Yeah, that's what it feels like. So against the Bucks, we, we had a loss there. It was 110 to 101. Um, big game for Fournier. He dropped 26 points. Ross, 23. Fultz had a really nice game. 13 points, 9 assists, 5 rebounds. What you guys like from that game? So that game is a game that I think all of us expected us to lose. I think we, mm-hmm. we all went into the game thinking, if we can just battle and play hard and, and compete with them, at some point it felt like it wasn't going to happen. They got down, I think, 18, 19 points at, at one point. Yeah, It was looking and, scary. Yeah, and I was like, oh, here we go. But no, the team did not quit. The team played hard. Fournier stepped up and hit some big shots. So did Ross. Um, I was impressed with the team that game. They played. They played really well. They they fought hard. That's all we could have asked for. And and honestly, I was excited. I mean, I I, I want to say I didn't watch the full game because of my work stuff. But Giannis didn't go off the way everyone expected him to. Um, it's really hard to say we're gonna stop Giannis because he's no a one, great freak. Yeah, no <laughs> no, no no one's done it. Um, I think he's one of those players that the best you can do is limit his opportunities, and I think we did uh, really well at that. J.I. almost had a career highlight against Giannis with that dunk he, attack. I agree he tried to man. end Giannis's life there. Giannis yeah. has been dunking on everybody all year long. For Isaac to dunk on Giannis, that would have been big that time. Would've that would have been, been big great. time. You know what I like is that he wasn't afraid to do it. Right. Like, you, you, you saw know, it in his eyes. You know that Giannis is there. He didn't mm-hmm. care. He still took it in. And the thing is, is that he – Giannis didn't stop him. Right, like Jonathan Isaac, the rim stopped. The rim stopped. The rim stopped. Like Giannis, out, Giannis was in the way, but he didn't stop him. Like if imagine if he would have got that, that would have went viral. I just need Ji and Giannis to become best friends. I need for Ji to spend summers with Giannis. Giannis whatever Giannis friends, he don't he don't talk to people. Yo, he got four brothers. He's good. If Giannis, if if Isaac can take Giannis' physical aggression, just something. Just something from so Giannis. Sweet, just man. something because he is just. Oh. He would be unstoppable. But that that game as a whole, I thought it was great. Um, I thought we were gonna get killed. I thought it was getting really ugly. To only lose by nine, I'm I'm ecstatic, and to see that our guards did well against that team is huge. Yeah. That is a you know, they're they're really long. They're really aggressive. They can shoot threes, but at the same time against a smaller team, and I hate to say that we are the smaller team against. The Bucks, mm-hmm. our guards have to go off, and that's really huge, especially for Fournier, who was shooting. He had longer defenders on him, and he was still able to hit shots. Right. So that was huge. I think one of the things that I saw that worried me in that Bucks game, it felt like our defense. Although there were times that our defense was was great, mm-hmm. um, Milwaukee hit a lot of three point shots. We were scrambling, and we were not scrambling well. And it, yeah, and it felt like I mean, yes, the team could go on a run. Players can get hot; they could hit two three pointers, uh, two or three three pointers. But it kind of felt like they were hitting those shots, and we didn't have an adjustment to 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 alter that. Um, you know, if guys get hot and you play defense and they hit it, that's one thing. 
but to leave guys open and they're the killing silence. you with the threes, that's that's a whole nother thing. The thing is, is that you have for the teams that only have one all star, you remove that player and that team doesn't survive. The fact that the Magic were in there and they were fighting and they actually had a real solid chance. It was a bad, it was a great loss. Yeah, you know? it, re- it really it goes to show loss. how well this mm-hmm. team does play. All right, but let's move forward. So last night we played against the Los Angeles Lakers. Unfortunately, it ended up being a loss, 96-87. to 87. Big game from Jonathan Isaac, who had 19 points, 8 rebounds, 2 blocks. Evan Fournier came in strong as well, 18 points and 5 assists. What you guys like from last night's game? Second, third quarter. Second, third quarter. What happened in the second, third quarter? Second, third quarter, comeback time. Um, it seemed like the team started playing together. They finally started talking, started hearing each other on the court, hitting shots, huge shots, swinging the ball. That's one thing I saw from this game. The ball was swinging, never really held in someone's hand for a period of time. Yeah, I I agree with that. Um, one thing that I hope, not just Clifford, but the entire coaching staff and the players when they went to the locker room uh, addressed was a nine-point first quarter. I hope that everyone in that locker room felt like this can never happen, happen again. again in our careers. Uh, because... It's the Lakers. Yes, they're good defensively. They're I think really they were good. a little bit intimidated for a second. Yeah, I, Showtime I, Lakers. You got two I agree. Huge Hall of Famers on that team, right? Um, and you know you and you have Laker fans in, in your in your stands too, uh, but I, I, that's unacceptable. And from a from a coaching standpoint, I would hope just how when Steve Clifford came in last year and made it a point that moral victories were not to be celebrated. That's not what we're doing because we have bigger ambitions than that. I hope he in that in that same uh, tone of voice with that same passion conveyed that message to them Uh, as a professional NBA team. And you're supposed to be a playoff contending team. A nine point quarter is not acceptable. I feel like one guy that really took that maybe that locker room message was Jonathan Isaac. Did he did he really go scoreless in the first half? Yeah, he scored 19 points in the second half. So he definitely woke up, which is big time. Um, My biggest thing was heading into this game was. I don't know if you guys are watching Lakers past games, but they're having a lot of fun. Too uh, much fun. They're having too much too fun. Much so fun. one thing I told Alvaro during the week, I was like, if there's if we take this loss, I'm okay with it. But let's let's make sure that they're not having fun. We made them work. Way. Yeah, we did. At first quarter you saw they were kinda having fun a little bit. And then like you said, we made them work. So they took yeah. all that out the, the But what's what's confusing to me is like I understand the whole like star aspect. You know, you have A D, you have LeBron coming into town. Uh, Danny Green, who's not a superstar, but nobody's going to look at Danny Green um, as a matchup and be like, oh, tonight's an easy night. And when you played the Lakers last year, you know, you beat them twice. You mm-hmm. beat them twice. Yeah. So so that idea that LeBron is in the building, things are different. You've beat them. You beat them Man. with LeBron. And Davis only had yeah. 16 points. He yeah, but that, that AD, 20. that AD makes everything different. It does. Yeah, as as crazy as it sounds, because he's not a physical defender, I think both of those games would have been different had we had Vooch. I think it would have been different as well. It would have been very different just because it would have made most of the focus on the inside. Mm-hmm. And maybe for a game like that, you need it. But um, I like, I told everybody, I like watching the games on like our opponent's uh, feed. Yeah. Well, yesterday I decided not to do that. I decided to only listen to the Magic feed. You know, yeah, be a real still homer. weird. Be a real homer. Still weird. And they made a really <laughs> good, uh, you know, uh, assessment. During in the second quarter, the announcer goes, 
the Lakers are one of the worst teams in transition defense. So if we would have gotten a steal with Vooch in the game, would we have been more successful since our transition offense would have been slower? I th- I think if Markel was at point guard, that would have been a difference. I think so. Uh, yeah. It's going to be interesting to see because we haven't. And that's the thing I kept thinking. If Markel's in the game, do we win? Mm-hmm. Because we are more aggressive or we do have it's, better defense it's on the It's crazy to say. And we don't have DJ who had one of his worst games. That's true. But it's crazy to say that someone who's played 20 games is going to be the difference maker between yes. us winning and losing against it's, it's possibly not, it's the NBA champs. Kelly Cows. I don't know. A team against LA, I mean, right off the bat, I said it, we cannot play half court against this team. Yeah. No. Their no, defense, they're too long. They they got a 6'8 LeBron at the small. You got a 6'11 practically Anthony Davis at the four. And then you got JaVale McGee at the five. This is a game where uh, Markel Foles was definitely needed. Who would definitely push the pace? Maybe that first quarter maybe would have been a different story as well. Even if we even scored 15 points in the first quarter, I would have makes made, a big difference. I would have made. I would have been cool with that. Yeah. But even defensively, we did so well. So just to put it in perspective, the LA Lakers are eighth in the NBA in offense. Right on, they average 113.8 points a game. Okay, against the Magic, 96 points. Mm-hmm. That's what we and do. We did a great job on Davis. I'd say only 16 points, six for 20. Gordon and Isaac, I felt like did their part. It was just, the other guys around. Just the fight they showed, like I said, like the fact that just like the Bucks, they did not give up. I mean, they were down mm-hmm. 24 points early second quarter, and I'm like, here we go, it's gonna be a blowout. They did not give up, man. Like they fought, they played hard, they got into it with Dwight Howard. I know we we kind of liked that a little bit, um, but just the resilience that the team showed that they were not gonna quit. They didn't uh, back down. got it going a little bit, and mind you, TJ could not hit a shot. Ross could not get open. So we really played the Lakers that well without Vooch, without Fournier, without two of our best quarters having And our starting night. point guard. So we actually, man, like that was a really good game. All I could ask for was a really tight game going to the fourth, and they did that. So Was anyone at the game last night? I was no. there. You were there? Yeah. How loud did it get once we got into that scuffle with Dwight Howard? Man, that and also the the Mo Bamba block. That, so that, mm. that was the loudest I've heard Amway since the Markel dunk. Uh, really? That was insane. Oh, opening night. Opening, opening night. night that Markel Dunk was loud, dude. Man. I was there. And, and actually the one against the Wizards when, when he won the game. He's still, oh, he's yeah, that oh, yeah. That was mm-hmm. super loud. You were there, Mark, yeah. that night. Mm-hmm. That place was lit. With that the was louder than the playoffs. Um, it's fun to see. And I, and I actually tweeted out this morning. I'm actually excited that Magic fans actually st- stood up and, and defended home court last night a little bit. A lot of yellow jerseys, a lot of Lakers fans at, at, or... Air quote, air quote, Laker yes. fans. But man, I will say one thing: Magic fans stood up and, and did their thing yesterday. I think that that moment um, when when that situation with Dwight happened, I felt like that could have been a turning point um, as far as energy. Because you know, especially when your offense is stagnant, you, the guys aren't moving much. It takes just a little bit of a boost of energy, and things change. Uh, but I I really like the fact that. Uh, Wessa Wundu stood up oh, for his yeah. teammates. Yes, Love it. he surprised. I think I think that says that. a lot because Orlando has been criticized, at least by me, for being a team that's soft. Mm-hmm. Like our 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 what is it called? The way the way that we are kind of marketed. Nice guys. Yeah, yeah, we're marketed for like family, good atmosphere, character, good character, high character guys. Like sure. <clears throat> the the late nineties, early two thousand Supersonics. Like, I love that team. Sean Kemp, like, angry, just <laughs> wanting to fight everybody. 
Kevin Garnett with the Timberwolves, like, and with the Celtics, like, those those are, in my opinion, those are difference makers. Like, Kevin Garnett was different because he's one of the greatest I, of all time, but he was one of those guys that always gave energy, and you weren't going to punk anybody on yeah. his team. How about Mo Bamba? 13 points in 18 minutes. I think, you know, he played with a chip on his shoulder. As soon as he got into the game, they passed the ball to him. They, they, they passed the ball to him um, right at the free throw line when Dwight Howard is playing off. And he was demanding the ball. Like, he was really clapping for it, really wanted it. I think he really took that matchup against him and um, Dwight, personally. Man, Justin did not like that Mo Bamba shout-out. No, nah, he did not. I will say one thing, man. Say what you want about Mo Bamba, man. But he we was locked harsh. in last night, we man. Yeah, man. He was locked first in. He, he, almost, he almost makes you question, why is Ken Burch even starting? That, that's me. that's the point that we're, yes. where we're at with Yo, Mo Bamba. Ken Burch right? is starting and still isn't on the scouting report for teams. Like, how does that make you feel? Yeah, Justin, sit this one out. Yo, All right, so let's... He's starting. Ken Burch is starting, and he does not make... I don't know if anybody knows this. Like, you get a scouting report, and a scouting report will have the top five to top seven players on it. Ken Burch is starting, and he's not going to be on a scouting report. Okay, but to Ken Burch's uh, credit, how many games has he played as a starter? I, I hear you. Keep going. I'm just saying he he's played what like five six games as a starter. He's not a focal point in the offense. The thing is not that it's like defensively. It's like the other team's big is like bet. This is what you guys are throwing at me today. Yeah, got it. Eat. LeBron lunch time. Oh, he's he gonna foul me. To oh, he's gonna foul me. Back bet. down at all. Free throws. All right, so. I hate to say that for Birch. Birch, listen. This summer you got to get big. All right, we got to hit threes. We got to move better. We got he, to. He's not. He's not skinny and bones. No, like, the dude got muscle. What kind of big we talking about? Because he is. Yo, uh, I, I'm, I'm talking here. I know he's big, but like, we got to play bigger. I don't know how else to say this. His arms are out, not up. Like he gets blocks. It's cool and all against everybody else, but when we're playing at Showtime, where we're playing against the Bucks, we got to play bigger. Like, there's no more bigger his shoulders can get. I mean, he's not <laughs> playing football, but I like Birch because he plays so hard. All right, enough with the Laker talk. I'm done with the Lakers. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, um, so obviously, one of the things that we all noticed is yesterday, um, the Orlando Magic, they went ahead and um, they introduced a new icon court, um, which makes his long-anticipated debut. What do you guys think about the court? Fire. I liked it. I liked it. I know that ever since they released the new courts uh, on the summer, they, they had the orange and the new black and the new blue. Actually, that was the one that was waiting for the most. And again, I went to the arena last night. Man, that play it looked clean, like it looked smooth. I think uh, it might be my favorite. Court. So, so for for me, I would say maybe on TV it wasn't that great because mm-hmm. I feel like the paint, which was like where you noticed the most difference, uh, there was like glare, you know, from from the lights and stuff. I feel like if you saw it in person, it probably looked better mm-hmm. uh, than what it did on on TV. But when they showed aer- like aerial, aerial shots. Man, it was nice from the the pictures that the Magic had posted. Yeah, yeah, but even in game, even in game when they showed aerial views, it was it was it was good. It was nice. Uh, I just don't like the glare. It kind of prevent. It just looks like black paint. It doesn't. You can't it's see so the shiny. detail. <laughs> it's yeah. just so shiny. Yeah. No, I definitely liked it. I want to see it in person to judge more. But I think if anything stood out to me, it was the pinstripes. I don't know. It's so fire. Yeah, like the so cool. The pinstripes. Nobody, so cool. in, nobody else in the league has that. Yeah, so I feel that's like what I was going to say. I feel like with, with us having a core like that, that solidifies like, yo, the magic, pinstripes, no one else has that. That's, that. that's no, our culture. No, no, no one is thing. as committed to the pinstripe <laughs> as the magic. I saw a meme the other day. It was like, who wore yeah. the pinstripes best? It was the Orlando, the Bulls, which I could I could see. The Pacers. Like, Come on now. The Pacers are not even in the conversation. 
And if you read the comments, even non-Magic fans were like, yeah, Orlando. Yo, yeah. I wish the Magic wore pinstripes more often. Like, yeah. like, can we be like the Yankees a little bit? Like, let's wear these things out. Let's Those rock classic them out. unis that let's... they wore last year, they should have kept it, to classic. be honest. Yes. That could have been that could have been the, the earned edition of whatever, a city edition. I'll say this. With all the Magic stuff that's been updated throughout the years, this year is my favorite. Like with the jerseys, the uniforms, it's the, it's the most my different it's, for sure. They, it, it's like they like, finally listen. It's not like as if one group was thinking. It's like okay, they probably got they put it. a lot of effort to it. Yeah, year. they thought about yeah, it. I like it. A lot of effort. And and just an update. I'm a fan of the orange and gray now. <laughs> now you're no, a fan. Now you are. But you know what? And and I know it's kind of going backwards because we talked about like two episodes uh, two episodes ago. The only thing missing from the our city edition jerseys is orange pinstripes. Mm, How about it. just an orange? I said that a lot. Just times. something. Like you, you said I like the orange pinstripes. Orange or the orange pinstripes. I would have been cool with. All right. Um, in other news, so this past week, um, the Magic also announced Daryl Armstrong is to be inducted into the Orlando Magic Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Um, if in case, for those of you that forgot, uh, Daryl Armstrong was the leader of the Heart and Hustle and will also be the ninth person enshrined. And this will take place February 21st, 2020. Well deserved. Yeah. So I. Fun, Mr. Hard and Hustle. Fun fact: I have the most Daryl Armstrong autograph cards possibly in the world. I played with his daughter. So you're you're telling me? That I love Daryl Armstrong. JJ Reddick wouldn't sign your stuff, but Daryl Armstrong. Daryl came to practice. Daryl came to games. He brought Ben. He brought Pat. He let us see T Mac shoot a couple times. Mm. So yeah, Daryl. Daryl's a man. I think it would have been cool if uh, Ariel was here. Ariel loves he loved Daryl Armstrong. Armstrong too. Oh, yeah, that was, Yo, that was he guy. would he would show us how he would dunk. Daryl Armstrong was a very not a very big guy, but his hands were tiny. He could never palm a ball, mm. so he literally had to cradle it to get up to dunk. And he would say every time he went up to dunk, it practically slipped out his hand. So mid air, every single dunk, he had to re grab re grab it and dunk. That's crazy. Like he's barely six feet in that yeah. day and age without official heights. I was always disappointed that the Magic didn't hold on to him more. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm, I'm glad that he's a really big part of the Dallas Mavericks. But I really like he's definitely a player that you, I would want around way more because he's the epitome of of the Harden hustle. Him and Bo. Yeah. And if you want to keep that going for for the 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 next generation, the next set of players, he's the guy to do that. Especially if you have Tracy McGrady around. Mm-hmm. You um, got to show respect to those guys. And, too. and just in case you forgot what how impactful Daryl Armstrong was. So Daryl Armstrong is third in the ma- in all time for the Magic in assists. He had a total of 2,555 assists. Mm-hmm. Third all time. When you think about what teams he played with, that's impressive. A- absolutely. Um, he's second in steals all time with 830 mm-hmm. and then 10th all time in points. 5, we're, ta- we're talking about this is a, a, an age where the Magic were not that good. He he's second in steals, and it, that was it. It was it was Tracy McGrady, Daryl Armstrong. He stood out, they man. Made it happen, man. I feel like I'm getting the Daryl Armstrong lesson right now. This Yo, is nice. I can sit here and listen. I like it. Keep, keep, I love Daryl, man. He was so much fun because he, he just played with so much heart. So when you went to games, he'll be the one diving on the court, and diving also, into the stands. I've seen highlights. Of it. <laughs> I'm a little hustle. too young to see what happened, but I'm a '96 baby, so. <laughs> the only the only thing the only thing bad that ever came out of Daryl Armstrong 
was a slam dunk contest. Oh, oh my god. Because he couldn't gra- he couldn't that, palm the ball. That was it. And listen, Daryl Armstrong had He did a oh. layup. He did a layup. <laughs> he laid it up. <laughs> that's that's the only bad thing you can say he about Daryl. He did a Darryl whole Armstrong. layup. Look, look, in we, the can't, actual we can't bring that up. But this is his <laughs> moment right now. We cannot bring <laughs> that up. That, listen, that happen, it is guys. the most impressive layup ever done in a slam dunk. But he got there though. But he got there. But he got there. He, he got, got there, there though. Much respect. <laughs> D strong. All right, so moving on to our next topic, Josh Robbins on Twitter, he announced or reported Vucevic is making progress, and there is a chance that Vucevic will play on Friday when the Magic hosts the Rockets. Man, I, I can't wait for that. I think we've, we've been talking about it since last week, and we're mm-hmm. kind of like, hey, how would that look with Vucevic back with the team? How are they going to look? How is the offense going to be run? I'm looking forward to it. It's like it's like a new beginning to the season, it's, yeah. as weird as that may sound, but uh, the team has played better. They've developed a new offensive identity while he's been gone how is he gonna fit in now so i'm actually looking forward to it do you feel as if there's a newfound appreciation for vucevic since he's been gone yes by the fans yeah i would agree i think uh you know how they say you don't know what you got till till it's gone (laughs) or whatever but uh i think that that's what happened with vooch i think because his game isn't flashy uh, it's easy to be like oh he's slowing us down this that and that but it's so important now to look and see how he's one of the only guys that has historically with this kind of iteration of the magic has been consistent uh, and you and you see that yeah flashes in the pan are fun you know somebody going off for 35 AG going off for 28 or 25 whatever what this fun but the very next game he drops six that's not fun no Vooch giving you 20 and 12 it's not flashy it's not cool it's not fun but you could count on them 20 points and I don't know sure. I think I think that that is going to be something that that we're going to appreciate coming back I do want to see when Vooch comes back I hope Markel also plays because I think if Markel doesn't play we're not really going to see what the offense is going to look like um, and we, we know what DJ and Vooch look like together I'm, I, I'm, I'm ready to see Markel and Vooch I mean, for me, Vucevic is such a he's. You have to respect him. Every team that plays against the Magic, you have to respect Vuce in the paint. So I feel that by itself is a huge loss for us because the dynamics of the whole entire process of getting ready for a team changes. Mm-hmm. My worry and what I hope is to see the way that Evan Fournier is playing right now. That having Vucevic come back doesn't impact it too much because I really, I really like the way that Evan's playing right now. I just don't hope that it doesn't stop smiling. I hope that it doesn't turn into <laughs> the whole two ball buddy buddy basketball that we we kind of got used to the two of them playing. He's looking like FIBA Fournier right he, now. I, yeah, I really Fournier. think I, I really think it won't happen though. I think Fournier has been able to kind of have that experience of what it's like uh, to play without Vooch, and I think I don't know what game it was, but it was it was. Uh, Man, I'm trying to think. I think it was a game or two before before the injury. Uh, it was a post-game interview, Dante Marcatelli and Fournier, and they lost, and Vooch walked by going into the locker room, and he tried to, like, mess with him and be funny, and Fournier was serious. And I think that was, like, I and I don't know for a fact. I'm not in Fournier's head. But I think that was a moment where he kind of realized, like, yeah, this criticism is real. People are really thinking that. You know, I'm not as talented or Vooch's as as talented because we're just playing with each other. And I think that was a moment where it clicked for Fournier, where it's like for the team to be successful, I have to stop over dribbling. I have to get everybody else involved and we have to work as a team. We don't survive so, without Evan. 
Correct. But you bring Vooch in with the level of play that Evan has and the ability of uh, Markel Fultz being able to push the ball and Jonathan Isaac really coming into his that own. That sounds fantastic. Mo Bamba now getting a little more, making more impact. Stop that. I know you're. he's giving me the look. I, <laughs> all he needs to do is impact the game. We're not asking for much. You're Now you're starting to see that you know Terrence Ross is coming into his own again as well. So just being able to see consistency from the players that we didn't have when Vucevic was playing, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a massive deal. I'm looking at the calendar. I can understand why bringing Vucevic back on Friday makes sense against the Rockets because you're going to go up against the Stifle Tower um, two days at three, four days afterwards with the Jazz, and then you're also going to go against the Joker. With the Nuggets, those are pr- pretty much when they want Vucevic to be ready to go. Because yeah, then like- you play Portland, who is w- very weak inside, which means now you have a really good Christmas present with Vucevic playing well against Portland That's and with point. the Bulls. I feel so, like Vucevic is going to eat the Joker up a lot. But to be fair, on the double on a back to back. To be fair, and this every time I say something crazy, I have to qualify it and say this might be a hot take. But this guy, are you saying that this might be a hot take? This might be a hot take, but um, man, damn. Jokic, Jokic is flashy. That's all I'm saying. That's it. I you could so say he's a flash in a hot pan. You could say no, 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 no. I'm just I'm not saying he's not talented. Big boy got get in shape first. But I agree. <laughs> but but Vucevic has a larger skill set in my opinion than Jokic, but. Jokic has the ability to get others involved at a point guard level. I think so as well. Which makes him which makes him more popular. Uh but and he I don't know. I don't know. I know people are gonna think I'm crazy, but if I was building a team and I had to pick somebody over another, I would take Vucevic for uh skill set over I, Jokic. I said all that to say I'm not looking forward to Vucevic coming back. I like fast paced games. Mm. I like when our teams run. Like I, I like the game against the show. I like the second, third quarter against the Lakers. Because our boys were running mm-hmm. and they look good, and that's they their look strength. confident, and that's their we're strength. Super athletic. We have a super athletic team. Even Fournier looks very good when the when the guys out there running because all he has to do is spot up and be ready for the kickout. Mm-hmm. So I like that. What Knowing, do you think, Al? Yeah, I'm nodding my head yet. Meaning I agree with you because last week I said it. I'm concerned when he comes back because I would like for him to be adapted into this version of the offense, right? Not the other way around. But mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that we do not respect Correct. and know what Vucevic brings. Exactly. Correct. Correct. So you. when you get in trouble, you couldn't get it going, dump it in the So post. do you not do you not think that he's capable of of, of adapting to the more fast paced open court no. style? I think he's an all star who needs to be a second option. And my concern is with our coaching staff, as we know how he is, so hard headed and so stubborn, will he adapt? Right. To hey, let's let the young guys go, let's let them run. Coach Trail, he the trail three, or be a second option. And that's why I love Kevin Love in trading juxtaposition with. We're still pushing Kevin Love because of that trail. Because of that trail three, you can be slow in the modern NBA and be able to consistently hit the trail three. Vucevic is one of our best three point shooters. But not only he brings a boost in points and rebounds, he's also. I mean, after our point guard, he's our probably second best playmaker as well. Yeah. Yeah. We can't forget about We know that what either. he brings. We I also, know what he brings. We also man. have to remember, like, before Clifford came, a lot of the offense ran through who? Man, a- we had so many coaches. Well. Since Clifford. Yeah, like, but well, I would say I AG. I would say AG. <laughs> there was, before before Cliff came, a lot of the offense was pri- primarily ran through AG. Ooh, tough times. And, yeah, that was tough times. But you saw 
Clifford immediately wanted the offense through Vooch. That might be a problem because, like Al said, he is one of those guys that doesn't necessarily like changing Mm -hmm. what he thinks is working. So if he comes back and he says, all right, Markel, you're going to slow it down. You're going to play in the half court. You're going to set Vooch up. That could be that could be a problem. I disagree with that just because he did adapt to his game and stretching the ball. Listen, when when the report first came out saying that Vooch Vega is going to put a focus on three point shooting, I'm like, what? Why? Well, (laughs) no, don't do that. And that has been such a big contribution to our game, and that he's able to adapt to the new modern style of the right. NBA. Because the uh, the pit, listen, as much as we talk bad about the uh, the buddy ball between him and Evan, the the pick and roll, the pick and pop thing is is something that does work for us. Mm-hmm. It does. I work. agree. It does. And I made I don't know if it was last episode or the episode before. I made that argument that if there was a player who could adapt to a faster pace. Is Vooch because he's proven historically in his career that although it's not part of his arsenal, he is willing to work and develop that part of his game. And you guys can, you know, agree or, or, or disagree, but Vooch moves light years better than he moved when he first came in. Well, I'll sure. give you that. Like sure. Vooch was super stagnant, couldn't shuffle his feet at all. Well, that's so, one of the biggest changes that that uh, Coach Clifford did. He wanted to make sure that, you know, Vujovic, you, you're not going to be jumping out of the gym and blocking people's shots, but you're going to be put in the right position to make these players feel his presence. So yeah. he's he's make, he's altering shots. He's making sure that people are thinking twice. And you add that with the Jonathan Isaac, the Aaron Gordon, that does help out on defense and those aspects. Like, it's it's a really big contribution on the defense. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm looking forward to his return. But let's let's get into pass or shoot. So our very first topic. So that we we have our December fifteenth deadline that's coming around with the trade season officially opening on Sunday. Should the Magic make a trade? Pass. Pass. Shoot. Shoot. Who says no to a good old fashioned trade? We could wait. That's why. How much longer are you willing to wait? Uh, until the deadline ends. Which I'll is be February. honest. I'll be honest with you, Elise. If you really want K Love. I think That's Caleb is going to be a hot commodity. The, the only thing I've read is that like Cleveland does not want to trade him in conference. Did so, they say that? No. Yeah, they I said that they. I think it was Portland. Trade. I think Cleveland specifically is looking for a trade for with Portland. Well, I think Kevin Love wants to go to Portland. Yeah, he well, that's where he's from. he's from. Yeah, I mean Terrence Ross is from Portland too. That doesn't mean T. Ross for me, is going to Portland. For me, a trade doesn't have to be a splash. Bring in a solid shooter. I mean, I know Elise. This I know you're not a big fan of this guy, but a JJ Reddick definitely <laughs> makes he sense for us. Le- he's not leaving. It doesn't have to be a splash. It, it doesn't. doesn't I agree. It up. doesn't have to be a splash, but it has to be a scorer. Yeah. I, I don't. If you make a trade now, I, I don't think now would be the right time for no, a splash. Wait until the All Star break time frame, and then that's when it really happens, right? You don't do anything immediate because the season really just started. And our team hasn't had unless, enough time to play together. We would have. Justin's trying to throw in a random name. Is this another hot take? Who? Unless. Oh, man. Unless you're trading AG. Because I think AG is. Two Golden State, four. D'Lo. No, no, no. But wait. <laughs> I don't think. I, I definitely don't think Golden State's trading D'Lo yeah, December 15th. So I think that's going to be mm-hmm. a trade, like, at the deadline trade. But um, I think the longer we hold on to AG and the longer he shows that he's not making that now lead, we got to rid him quickly. The, lead, the, the lower his stock goes in the league. So. I would, I, and I, so I don't know. I would give it to AG. If it's not D'Lo, then who are you getting for him? You traded AG to Chicago for Zach Levine. <sighs> no, 
Eh, I don't know if they'll do <laughs> no. it. They got a uh, marketing on over there. Yeah, they got, they got a few bigs. They got yeah. Larry, 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 Larry. If anything, it makes Zach. more sense for Golden State, honestly. True, and Zach doesn't doesn't do it for me. Nah, but nah, I would he, definitely he love Zach Levine. Well, Justin's sure. on. Justin's against it just because that that would mean bye bye Evan Fournier. Um, but you're right. Yes, I wouldn't. I wouldn't make that deal. There, there's <laughs> honestly, not even making eye contact with you. I know. <laughs> be, because AG to me is still so young, and I and I think that this is by far his worst season that he's ever had. Um, I, I don't think that you give him up so quick. And there's only a few select players that I would be okay with him being traded for. There's really only two players on my mind, which is Bradley Beal and D'Angelo Russell. Anyone else you would really, really have to convince me? I don't know. For me, I just think it's um, – I feel like we trade away Aaron Gordon. I, like I said, I feel like he's going to be one of those players where we say and be like, man, we gave him up too soon. That's the constant story of the Orlando Magic. Mm-hmm. Welcome to my I, life I just don't as think a Magic he fits. fan. I don't think he fits. I don't think Coach Clifford utilizes him well. Coach Cliff wants him as a ball handler. I don't think that's his biggest strength. That's I believe he weakest. needs to, That's his weakest strength because he learns all these cool things in the summer and he wants to show it I've, all in one I've possession. never seen someone so athletic never be able to he blow needs by to be somebody. a slasher. He, he can never blow by somebody. No. Like, he's the most athletic guy on the on the. He's too busy court. trying to learn what he learned in the summer. The team's like, I did a trade. I did one on the trade machine. I mean, we still can make a Portland trade, but why would Portland pick up AG? When they just got Mello. Right. Yeah, now with Mello, it kind of destroys the possibility of trading with Portland. What about the the Sacramento Kings? I'm with it. Oh, I'm with Brogdon. I'm with any of those guys. No, not Brogdon. Brogdon, Bogdanovich. Yeah, but would would you be willing to take the risk of him leaving? So you trade you trade a player like AG to Sacramento. He's a European guy. He would love Florida. Isn't he a restricted free agent? He might be. He's he's also he's European. Florida? What? I think we can get that. And you got Fournier and Vuch who are also European. I mean And we have MCO International Airport. Beaches, beaches, beaches. Like now at this at this point we're definitely um speculating, but that's kind of what the fun is is about. Uh I I think that AG is 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 gonna be moved. I when I when I look at what he produces, how he fits into the team, his hot flashes, like I just don't see why Orlando wouldn't try to flip him for for something else. At this time, trade him to Charlotte, get that dude Devontae about, Graham. What about, and I know his, I noticed he's putting the league on notice. True, but the the money is probably an issue. Um, but what about a guy like Andrew Wiggins? Man, yeah, he's playing he's really balling, well right he's now. Balling out right now. There's yeah, no he, way Minnesota if this was him. before the season, one hundred percent, I would be like, all right. If no, I no, knew Wiggins yeah. is playing like how he is now, go ahead, trade AG. But I think that asking price is too much. Like the the drafts coming up in 2021, 2022, 2023, These kids are really good. We cannot give up any of those picks. AG is having a bad season. Evan Forney had a terrible season last season. Now he's balling out. Do you really give up that quick? Like I, think, I, I honestly I don't think, think he out of, fits. Ag he yes, fits. it's been he's been in league how many years now? He doesn't fit. And also, has he ever represented his country? Ag true. He's, Ag's he's wanted to. He's never even been asked they, to they go to Team USA. They right? wouldn't like, like, them. They didn't. That's not but his fault. But this is what I'll say. And <laughs> if Ag and if and if Ag was French or Montenegrin he or would, whatever, he would have been. But that experience been. is valuable. Now you're going. Now I'm over here looking. I'm not an Evan Fournier fan. But this is dude has experience leading teams. This is what I'll say. Between Fourier and AG, their play style, their skill set is different. Mm-hmm. 
AG's skill set is super dependent on athleticism. You know athleticism does not last other than LeBron, I mean. And you're seeing LeBron take steps back mm-hmm. um, in, in athleticism. But does the way Fournier plays, he could play like that forever. I mean, realistically. We don't know that. Well, He could know. because then he can I, move his game to just a shooter. AG's knees will not always be AG's knees. That's all, right, so all I'm saying. I'm glad you brought that up. All right. Oh. Our very next topic on pass or shoot My is God. do we sell high on Evan Fournier this trade season? Shoot. Do we strike while the iron is hot? Shoot. I'm going to shoot. Shoot. I'm going to shoot. Oh, man. Shoot. Mark, what is it? I'm, I'm going to have to pass. Why so are we passing, Mark? This is why I'm shooting. Wait, wait, wait. This is why I'm shooting. So what if Fournier comes up now in the summer and he says, I'm opting out? Mm. You just locked up Vucevic. You got Gordon in a, in a long contract. You got Markel coming up with Isaac in a couple of years. Okay. What do you offer Fournier at this point? He's going to demand a lot of money. Shooters. That's where the game is. And the cap is going up. Maybe now with China issue going on with the NBA, what happens next? Who knows? That's true too. But what do you do now? Yep. So we're taking time by. We have a G League team now in Mexico. It's going to blow everything out of the water. It's all good. But wait, <laughs> realistically though, what do you do with Fournier at that point? Do you bring him back at twenty something million dollars a year for four mm, years? Is Justin the GM? <laughs> I, know you I know you would. Or... I I think you let him test out the market and see what he can get. I say you let him walk. Where he's too valuable for this team right now for him for right. us to get rid of him. He's valuable to this team, but right now, his value is super high. Mm-hmm. Wait, no, it's true. I think, and nobody really caught this, but I said I would shoot, why? and I'm an Evan Fournier fan. I this is that. this is why I would shoot. He he just wants him to go to Portland. <laughs> no 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 no. It's and it, it's a conditional situation. I'm not saying yes. Trade Evan Fournier for the first dude that walks in the door. But if you could package Fournier, right, for a younger player who could provide similar offense at this current moment, deal deal. Levine? I would not. No no no. Dilo. No. Yes yeah. I would I would do it for Delo. What do you have uh, against Zach Levine? It's not that I have something against Zach Levine. Is that I don't see I don't see why Zach Levine's value would be high enough to command a AG Fournier trade. That doesn't make sense to me. Not both. Um, of them. Not both definitely of them. not both of them. And I think AG is enough to get Zach Levine. Uh, if I was going to trade Fournier, I'm going to need a pretty valuable piece. Uh, I am I am partly worried that. If we don't trade him, he will opt out. I'm just thinking, what team would he fit with? That's what I thought too. There's only like maybe three teams. San Antonio but then I thought would be at the top of the list. San Antonio's on top of my list. And I would I, even going back to Denver, I would throw in Denver. Then I would also throw in the Mavs. Yeah, yeah. those are the only the three teams. And, and, and Fournier, Fournier, Porzingis, Doncic—that's dangerous. That's dangerous. And he'll be a spot-up shooter. But the thing offense. is, what do you get back in return from those teams? What do we get back from the maps? They have nothing but Donkic, and they also have Porzingis. What else do they have? Where are we going to get? Nothing. I don't want that. We talk about um, the Nuggets. Yeah, Nuggets have But some that's assets. what I'm saying. But then you also have to think, though, what if, like Al said, what if we keep him and he decides to walk? No, I think we need to trade him, but, like, what teams? And I, man, it's get, hurting my soul. To that talk means we're gonna get DeRozan. The, the thing is, is that he's he's marketed himself really well because he's been destroying teams. Yeah, like, everyone knows who Evan Fournier is. I would hope number one because he's on been, he's been playing, no drama. He's been playing really, really mm-hmm. well against these teams. So someone's gonna bite. 
It's just a matter of, of LA. Who. No, I'm just playing. Now, um, maybe. I I don't I don't know. I don't know where Evan fits. I think they, that there's people in positions for risk management, and you you talk to him, you gauge his interest, you count kind of bank on the fact that he's happy here. Uh, if you watch the Fournier for real like web series last season, he he likes it. He likes Orlando. Um, Vucevic is a really good friend of his, and he's here too. I mean, you're telling me that you watch his YouTube channel in oh. French. In French, yes, I watched it too, though. <laughs> oh, me too. I, yeah. I watched it. I watched it. I watched it too. In French, yeah. No Do subtitles. You know what he's saying? I didn't say no subtitles. <laughs> I can, no, I understand. I understand. Whoa, wait. I, I, can I understand. See, I can see Justin watching and then trying to Google no, no, no. You have to be a bitch to understand Fournier fan to do something like that. I understand French, not conversational, but I can like pick out what is going on in the conversation. There's like trigger words. Um, hold on, my phone is going Listen. off. Uh, but I will say, I will say that the subtitles helped. Uh, but they weren't accurate all the time. Google got to do a better job. I'm just giving you a hard time. I watch it also. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I swear Mark has some of the best sound effects <laughs> ever. Yo, Yo, that he, was, he keeps it in the vault. That was not a soundboard, people. That was just yeah, man's actual mouth. That was really clean. That do was it one more time. One more time, Mark. Oh, no. Nah. <laughs> it has to come out natural. Oh, Ant yeah. put me on the spot. Well, now man. no one believes you, Mark. Now everybody thinks it was a soundboard. That's right. I'm going to have to maybe post it. Yo, I just want to give page. a quick shout out to Evan Fournier. All right. Just so everyone knows. I forgot that he's actually from Africa. This guy that's, is built different. This guy mm-hmm. is built different. Like, he is a different type of beast on the court. Mm-hmm. I have I forgot about that. No, Justin not pay me. No, Justin not pay me. So why why wasn't it a thing when we had Evan Fournier, Bismack Biombo, and Serge Ibaka? I mean they all do you know spoke how many, Do you know how many the different way. hold on? Do you know how many different <laughs> dialects are spoken in Africa? People don't like each other for a reason. That's they true. speak like over two hundred different and, dialects. And they, they chose to speak French while they were there. They all communicated yeah. in French. Vooch included. While I was at actually while I was at oh, media we day, have, we must have confused a hell full of teams. Why, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> while I was at uh, while I was at what media day, are they speaking? there was that moment. I don't know if you saw it at least, but you were there too. Vooch and um and Evan were like poking fun at each other, mm-hmm. and then Evan said something, and they started like going back and forth in French. And I could have sworn cool. I could have sworn Evan talked to one of the owners in French. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Evan ain't going nowhere. It's like a hidden secret like French community. I think oh, if, if it's not hidden, there's a huge community of us here. <laughs> we love the warm weather. True. Are you French? Yeah. I was about to say I don't want to French. Say it. Why? Are you, why are you so critical on Evan Fournier? Because I'm half French. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not full French. I mean, that's my guy. I mean, he's represent my country. I gotta like, come on, man. You gotta do better. All right. So let it let it be just a reminder that. Justin went ahead and shot on that last passer shoot for Evan Fournier. For, hey, for the right price. For because, the right price. You know, I I am a fan, but I'm not ignorant. All right, so when it happens, <laughs> I don't I don't want to see no tears. No, oh no no no. There, there'll, there'll be tears, sad <laughs> notes, all of that. All right, so, so let's get let's get into get it off your chest. So this very first one comes from Derek underscore Robert on Instagram Orlando Magic HQ. We just took the best two teams down to the last two minutes without Vucevic and without Fultz. We keep playing like this, and we might surprise a few people. Yes. Yeah, I think uh, that showed how deep we are as a team. 
without Absolutely. our starting point guard and without our starting center. We're a deep it's, team. It just shows the fight in the team. And again, that's all we did last year. We fought, we played hard, and we made the playoffs. If we keep doing that, we'll be fine again this year. And yeah. I think in, in this year, it's a little different. I think if we make the playoffs this year, even if we're eighth pick, I think we're we're built to be a threat regardless of mm-hmm. what seed we enter the playoffs as. I'll say this, all right, coming back, coming from a coach standpoint, like I've put my coach's hat on. What um, Derek underscore Robert said is correct. Like this is going to be really good. So if I'm the coach, I'm looking at this. Okay, we're staying close to these really good teams with our really good defense, but our offense sucks. All we have to do is become a middle of the pack offense. Yes. That's all we have to do. Yes. Right now we are 28th. All we have to do is get up to 20th. And that's what we did last year. T- 20th to the 16, 17 range. Mm-hmm. Where is golden? And Steve Clifford at the end of the Laker game said what? What? Well, I don't know his uh, the exact quote, but uh, he alluded to the fact that this game proves that if we if we go out there with a will to win, we have the we have the weapons to get it done. If we play the right way, we can legit beat any team on any night. And we were still missing two bullets. And we were still missing two bullets. I think bullets. it's about time for us to start playing like we did the last 30 games of the season. Ain't I think crazy? this month is we <laughs> need that, to start. But that's what happened last year. We After the all break, now. we became a top 15 offense. And all of a sudden, we were unstoppable. So yeah. once that clicks, we'll be fine. We need to get it this year because if the NBA changes the playoffs and does a complete yeah, reseeding this could ki- yeah this could kill us so we're we're gonna have to start playing well because yeah. next year the year after that when they do the total reseed well we're gonna make the playoffs but are we gonna move from eighth to 16th or we have to play in a playing tournament you know so we're gonna have to start playing well just like you said i think people underestimate how 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 different you changing your starting point guard is and how that can impact a team Yes, we're playing well, but we're still trying to get to know each other. Mm-hmm. They're, the players are right. still trying to get to know Markel and vice versa. If you if you really look at how different this team could be by the time or by after All-Star break where we really hit that stretch last season, I honestly think that we're going to see a completely different team. Mm-hmm. I think with the addition of how Jonathan Isaac is now playing, I, I, we're really going to do some damage. I, the, the idea of uh, the Magic not making the playoffs or just uh, scratching 7th, 8th seed, I don't. I don't think that's realistic. I still see us still in the in the fifth, sixth range. We just got to hit that mark where it's it's us playing well and it's more consistency, and then we're really yes. beating the teams that you know people don't expect us to be. Do you think? Do you think it's too late for a top five? I think that it would be a challenge. I think if if I'm betting money on it, I don't see us as a, as a top five. I, I mean, see us as top four is pretty established. As a six, say yes, I see a six. I see a six. All right, so let's jump into our next get off your chest. This one comes directly from Reddit from Hey Eddie Adams One. Defensively, the team is showing a lot of promise, but I don't know if it's just me, but our offense just feels so unorganized. You can see it during tonight's game or during the Bucks game. Too many possessions where everyone is just scrambling with the ball and no clear offensive decision making. I can think of two players right now on the top of my head that he was thinking of too, especially during that game. Aaron Gordon and DJ. Yeah, I agree mm-hmm. with the DJ. That's it. Those two. Those yeah. were the two players. DJ. I mean, I've, I've heard on on the pod countless times he's dribbling the air of the ball. I've read that on Twitter. Now he didn't even do that last night with the starters, which is a crazy thing. He couldn't. He, he did too he big. He didn't. He didn't even dribble. He. I feel like he does that with the bench players. I don't know why. Yeah, I think, I think it's a trust thing though. I think it. I. Th- I don't know if, I don't know if it's a trust thing or. 
if he's like trying to figure out the offense while he's dri- I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't and I don't think the over dribbling was an issue last game, but the decision making uh was an issue. Aaron Aaron Gordon to me and I, I wanna I know when I come on here and I criticize AG You sound like an AG hater. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I, I do. Because I hear myself and I do. <laughs> and I want I wanna love AG. I wanna be a huge AG fan, but it just feels like something's missing. And and I don't know if it's in his control. Like I d I don't know if he's aware that something's missing. If I think that makes sense. Basketball is such a rhythm sport. I think that all it takes is one game for it to change. I think he's just struggling right now the same way that Terrence Ross was struggling. No, nah, his struggle's different, though, because his shot is looking different on every release. And what happened? He dropped, he dropped 25, not. went perfect from the field three games ago, four games ago, sorry. Maybe that wasn't the game. To, <laughs> to, to yeah, make I feel like he's trying to play like a guard. He's not a he's guard. He's not a guard. Nope. He's not a guard. He like, needs to play in the low block, yes. body guys, dunk. Leia. After yo, he, DJ, he dribbles too much. Yo, too. Yeah, he's not on, for nothing. He, he needs to like hang out with Melo. Like he yeah. needs to get that short corner game. I know it's that not a game. game. Yeah, and there's so much potential in this guy. There is, but he he trained with Kobe. Yo, forget Melo. That's the problem. Yeah, that's the problem. He Kobe he trained with Kobe, we, and he wants to use it right away. Yeah, at the wrong moment. I think he he takes things yo. for like from a literal aspect of what it is that he's seeing. And he's not like understanding the nuance of the game. And I think that's AG's struggle. I think it's fine for you to go train with someone, right? Yo. If you're a center, you want to train with, I don't know, Akeem Yeah. yeah. You want to train with those guys. It doesn't mean you have to play like those guys. <laughs> so, like, there's aspects of their games that I you agree. meld and, and blend into your game, but you don't mimic the guys that you're training with. That's, that's not how you become a great player. I but, think I found my next article because I love Kobe. <laughs> I absolutely love Kobe, but like, we really have to dissect how every single NBA player that went to his week long camp, how are they doing? Like, Clarkson, That'll like, 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 like there's certain people that went to that camp that are not doing well. <laughs> like I think the only person that's playing well right now is Jason Tatum, and like that's like sometimes. What do you think, Al? What do you think? You, you I, agree with it, Al? I, I, I just think back DJ? to the point that the, the the person made, which was the offense in general. Yeah, DJ and, and Gordon. I think those are the two guys that for me the ball just sticks. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. Dribble, dribble, dribble. Some random fadeaway shot on some random runner. That yeah, it goes down and once in a while from DJ. And that's the worst part is some random shot. Yeah, and I have a question. Fadeaway. But. It's, it's, the offense just looks off at times. Mm-hmm. And unless we're on a fast break with a nice pick and roll play going on, he just looks lost. And you can actually see players throwing their hands up like, what are we doing right now? The right. body language, man. Body and language. I'm huge on body language. Good. Like, so so one, of, one of the things that I've noticed from AG is like he'll, he'll be in the paint, right? So he'll get the ball and he'll try to drive in the paint, right? The paint defense collapses. He has nowhere to go. Instead of looking to pass out... He step just back. circles around step and back. dribbles. Step back. Right. And, or he'll dribble up to the three and take a contested three for no reason. But I think a lot of that has to do with there was just so much pressure for him to take the next step. Going to the Kobe camp didn't help that cause. Pressure. A lot of talk around um, the Orlando Magic world that right. means this is the year for him to become an yeah. all-star. Clearly, that's not happening. 
right? And I think that that is is just taking a toll. I think that he's more but, uh, like you. You watch him play, and he you can tell that he's just like mad disappointed so in himself. If, so what if Gordon's ceiling, as as crazy as it may sound, at twenty four years old, is fifteen points, nine rebounds? Three assists. That's not bad because people have made very long NBA careers out of that stuff. I line. think it's not bad if you manage expectations. I think but when you go to media day and you're being interviewed and you say things like, I think a lot of fans were waiting for my offense to catch up to my defense and I believe that it's caught up. He legit did. So well, not. defensively, you've taken a step back this year. Two big steps. And offensively. Like yeah, I guess you're right. Your offense did catch up to your defense. <laughs> <laughs> like, and, and and I know, and I and I know that this is gonna come off harsh, and I get it. But sometimes you have to be criticized. Like I'm, I'm not a better basketball player than not AG. All the but criticism goes to him. You know, I gotta blame Clifford a little bit. He, he needs to utilize him a little Mark, bit better. The guy said he worked better. on his ball handling all summer. Yeah. He still hasn't blown by nobody. No, no, I agree with like, you. <laughs> yeah, but Coach listen, Cliff needs to put him listen, in his everything place. Everything that man. you guys are saying, I'm is, with you, Mark. Is, is, is valid. It's yeah. super valid. Yeah, I still think that AG is gonna he's gonna get it together. Just I think he will get it so, together, but I think it'll happen on another team. On another this is team, not yes. this is not the system for Aaron Gordon. So, Ant, what do you think Aaron Gordon's ceiling is as a player? Like, what is his ceiling? What is his floor? I think it. Are we asking NBA comparisons? NBA comparison ceiling. What is he going to be? Who is AG? Or not what is he going to be, but what can he be in your eyes? I think eventually I, he's definitely a starter in the league. That that much I give. I think that his his perfect balance is to average between your 13 and 15 points. 13 and 15 points with a double. I, I think he's a double-double player. The, the issue that we're running into is that he doesn't accept that yet. He's still trying to be the guy, the all-star, the guy that's I, carrying I, agree. Yeah, I agree. That's, I agree. That's the issue. Can he be that player? Absolutely. The The comparison, everyone said it, and I agree with every single person that said it, is Draymond Green. He needs to be the Draymond Green on steroids. He can jump out of the gym. He's way more athletic. He has he muscle on him. He can shoot better. He just needs to reel it back a little bit. I He's think if, if Aaron Gordon played within his game, the there would be no be criticism. There would be no criticism. But like you said, he it feels like he's trying to force a superstar caliber play gameplay out of himself. And that's just not what he's made yeah, for. He he needs to be more Draymond and less Aaron Gordon. All right, so I'm gonna tell you what a draft express dot com, whatever something thought AG was. Coming out of Arizona. Kenneth Fareed. This is what we Ooh. think we're going to do with Kenneth Fareed. That sounds that sounds about right. That is accurate. That sounds so, right. So, so we're, we're wanting Kenneth Fareed to become a Wait, this a is guard. what they said six years ago? Yes. Somebody so, got to get this guy so like, so like, we're, genie so, hat so, so, so like, <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. So like, we're really trying to make AG who will be a perfect Kenneth Fareed comparison yeah, into a guard. That's he beautiful. Is, he's at his max. 
I so think, you know no, what? No. We're gonna go you back to this again. You can't say that he's at his max. No, no, uh, he told me he worked on his ball handling said, and he worked with the best <laughs> skill player of all time. He got no better. No, no. I said we won't find that out until we see him on another team. I agree. Yep. But the we guy literally see, said he plays. We said the exact same thing about Victor Oladipo, and I get it. Stop I get it. it. He, I get he Stop went to it. I get that he played with Russell Way. I get that. I get it. Ball handling but matters. Every single pl- every single person is going to be super upset the minute that we trade him to another team and he takes and off. But you know what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen. It's going to happen, You know yeah. who's to blame for that? I'm not even disappointed anymore. We keep drafting long guys, long wingspans, We didn't draft. We didn't, he, our front office didn't draft Aaron Gordon. Correct. But we drafted Isaac. We drafted Bamba. We drafted and we kept them. Okiki. And Wes, we kept them. Wesley Wandu. So why are we drafting? So so Wes, Wes, Wesley Wesley Wandu was the second it was a second round pick. Correct. Um Okiki, we still don't know what we have with him. Correct. But what position do they play? Mo Bamba is is our consolation prize for and missing out on Everybody who you're mentioning, drafted. you're just showing like they're all question marks. Including A G. They're John, all question John, marks. Jonathan Isaac has been our one solid draft pick. Defensively, so but, but offensively he's still a question mark. He's still he's still my working. point is my point he's is getting there. He's improved. He dropped nineteen points hold against on, Los on. Angeles. These draft picks are forcing A G to become a guard. When he shouldn't be. No. If you would have drafted a guard instead of Isaac, which I love, by the way, but to keep things in perspective, if you would have drafted a guard, what happens next? You got AGS to four, for sure. Mm-hmm. Defense and offense. And I think with Frank Vogel all that time and Scott Skiles all that time, he played the three when everyone knew he should be playing the four. Hurt the development yeah. of his I, game. I agree. So now he's a three on a but four. I, but I also believe that Okiki was drafted to replace Aaron Gordon. Correct. Yeah. So Which then, is pressure on AG. so look, we just answered the the pass or shoot question. Come December fifteenth, Aaron <laughs> Gordon is out of here. Which I'm not happy to say. I wish he stayed. I wish he thrived. But I think his game play, his style of play. Is better suited for a different team. I gotta say this: if he gets traded, it's gonna be the magic blessing for him because every player that gets traded from the Magic Org become an All Star. Blows up. (laughs) Hold up. Could you see AG? Could could you see? Could you see AG in Dallas? Oh, one hundred percent. He would work well. I think that would be the Mavericks. The question is, who are we gonna get from? They can't give nobody. They can't give anybody else. Golden State offense, a fast-paced offense where we it won't require him. It won't require him to shoot eight threes. It would require him just to shoot three, four threes, uh, three to four threes, and that would be perfect. I don't even think three or four threes. He got to play inside of the three-point line. Steph Clay. He's a big man. At today's NBA's game, you have to shoot the three. He he can't be shooting all of them. That cannot be his. His first offensive right. Weapon. That's not his go to first instinct, but it could be a part of his game. Yeah, in Orlando, I feel like that's a settle move right now. Yeah, that's a settle move. All right, I'm, so moving on to this week ahead. So Friday, <laughs> Friday we play against the Houston Rockets. Sunday, New Orleans. Tuesday, Utah. Wednesday, Denver, and Friday, Portland. That's a lot of games. We yeah, <laughs> we decided collectively that um, we're gonna call Portland as the game of the week. Mm-hmm. So who do we have winning? The game against Portland, Ooh. Justin. I'm gonna I'm start with you first because your 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 second favorite team is the Blazers. All right. Um, so yeah, that's true. Portland is my second favorite team. Carmelo Anthony is one of my favorite players of all time, and I'm so. But I just need to say this. I'm so happy that Carmelo Anthony is back in the league, and I, and I'm so happy that he's been successful so far um, during the season. But 
I think I think Orlando wins this one. Uh, the reason why I think Orlando wins is because every time that Portland has come out here, um, at least in recent memory, uh, the no heckling shoes that 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 Dame launched, right? Those yeah. were those were inspired by like an Orlando fan that was heckling him during a game, right? Um, and he went off. He went off. Like second half went off, right? And there wasn't a point guard that could stop him. That was a problem. I think Markel's defense, his speed, how much he's going to push Dame when Dame is on defense, I think that's going to make a difference. Markel going to walk in like, hold my beer. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I really feel, and I'm not saying by any stretch that Markel is a better point guard than Damian. I'm not saying that. But I think Markel is going to present a tougher matchup for Damian Lillard just size-wise more so than DJ did. And if Evan could contribute the way he's been contributing, that could cancel out CJ. I don't know. The X factor in that game is mellow, to be honest. Uh, but I think Orlando pulls it off. All right. So this is going to be their first real long road, road trip. trip. Yep. And we're talking about the last game of that road trip. Mm-hmm. Right before the holidays. Uh, I got us taking an L. That's a very long road trip. And if Markel is healthy... That's me a very long road trip for him. So I'm gonna say the L, regretfully, because I wanted my team to always. I'm win. so I'm so sad because I'm I'm going out there in January. The plan was to go three weeks earlier to be there in Portland for that game on the fifteenth, uh, but or eighteenth. I'm sorry, I, right? The eighteenth or something like that. I don't know, but I was planning to be out there for that game the twentieth, and uh, I'm not gonna be there. But it'll be interesting for sure. So Justin has a win. Elise has an L. My predictions have been super on point, so I'm going with a with a win for the Magic. They want to take care of this. I'm gonna follow Anthony. I keep losing, man. I'm gonna go with this. <laughs> no, no, the no. Magic no. gonna win. <laughs> the magic <laughs> gonna win. <laughs> Yo, I changed it. I changed it. We're losing. We're losing. Mark, what you got? Count me in. I'm following Anthony as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we. So Yo, you're gonna so mess with my record, one. man. And Mark, Al, and me got W's. Elise got an L. I'm sorry. Yes, yes. And I only say that I feel like uh, Portland's still trying to figure themselves out. So as we are, but I feel like we still have an edge on them. I think you're right about that. And I think it also depends. I mean, if Vooch is playing by Portland, come on. Hassan Whiteside like, is going to stop Vooch. Yo, no. you, did you guys see the, the defense that Hassan Whiteside's been playing? Yeah, he's been, he's been playing. Yo, well. he's been might as well been no, worried about Melo. He's not going to stop Mello. Vooch. No, never in his life. I think everyone's underestimating, like, the biggest matchup. Tell us. Aaron Gordon. Mario Hizonia. Stop it. Mario's Mario's not even... Mario's... Oh, you did it again. I thought he was on the G League team. (laughs) And Mario's not even playing. Melo got that. It's going to be AG versus Melo. Yeah, Mario's going to be back over That should be a good game. Honestly, that should be a good game. No disrespect uh, to Carmelo Anthony. All right, so really good episode, guys and gals. Yeah, really fun. (laughs) All right, so final thoughts. Me, I just want to. I just want to start playing like we did at the end of the last season. I think we need to start playing that right now. We're getting everybody back. Vooch is coming back. Markel should be back. We're just waiting for Aminu. I think now is the time to start playing well. For me, tough schedule. We played three. We're gonna be playing tomorrow the Rockets. So three really tough games. It could be the start of a great turnaround for us. Kind of, kind of again going to the road trip. It's a good way for us to kind of just get it going. Like you said, Mark, just just snap out of this little struggles offensively. 
it's it's time. Vucevic coming back. Young guys have been playing well. This is the perfect time. Let's just get it going, man. I just want to see a team go out there, play ball, and let Markel do his thing, man. I agree. Uh, my final thought is just my excitement to see Vuce and Markel uh, in this new pace, this new offensive pace. I think that's if if we could integrate Vooch at the pace that we've been playing, I think the Magic become a pretty dangerous team. I will say this. This is going to be a very tough road trip for this young team. If the Magic can go three of five during this road trip, this is going to be huge in tone setting for the rest of the season. Um, if the Magic go two and five, I think that's still going to be huge for them, depending on what those three losses will look like. So I think this is going to be a very important week. Yes, it's, it's going to be super important because if if this isn't a successful road trip, now you're you're really seeing us fall down the Eastern Conference. Our record drops. Like we're playing against five really really strong teams. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm Detroit's looking forward to right seeing behind. what we can do. Detroit, it's on the road as well. Just throwing that out there. They're only what half a game behind right now. Yeah, they got a healthy Blake Griffin now, and uh, Derrick Rose is playing pretty well. And that Blake Griffin looking different. Yeah. So we'll we'll see how it goes and uh until next time. So wrap guys. Peace. Peace. Peace Thank you for listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Magic fans. Be sure to visit our website, theozonepod.com, and remember to subscribe, rate, and leave a review on all your favorite podcast listening platforms.